This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello, Rye. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about getting conned, the con man. Um, I guess the deal is, I figure summer's coming, people are getting ready to take their vacations, get away a little bit, you want to relax. Well, I got to tell you, part of survival is not getting your shit taken from you, and you know, there's a lot of comment out there. Um, I know when I went to New Orleans, there were just nothing but people all over the street. You know, everybody's like, hey, man, let's shake hands. You don't want to do that. And everybody at the hotels are like, don't shake anybody's hand when you go out there. And you're like, I'm not a dick. What are you, what are you talking about? Of course I'm going to shake people's hand. They're like, don't shake anybody's hand. That'll just end bad for you. Turns out they were right. Um... But that's it. You don't want to, you know, go out unprepared. So I thought, you know, let's dig a little deeper, uh, see if we can't come up with some of the more common uh, types of cons. Now, they might not play out exactly like we talk about, but some version of this you might kind of understand, get a feel for, you know, how people hustle. And, man, you get in the city and, you know, you deal with certain types of people. There's a lot of comment out there. And a lot of people trying to separate you from your stuff. And, I mean, look at the Republican Party, right? Con men. Um, You know, it's everywhere. You know, they just keep take and take and take. And, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Democrat Party? No better. Con men. Any politician you can think of? Con men. Yeah, that's right. So, Kevin, uh, you did some research. You're going to hook us up. All right, I read that there's three types of people in the world. There's people that are conned and know they've been conned, people that have been conned and don't know they've been conned, 
And then con men? And then, well, and then people that haven't been conned yet. Oh, not yet. All right. Now, uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, it's like a personal pet peeve of me, is I've got a home phone for some reason. All right. And I get calls nonstop from people. Yep. People trying to sell me cheap energy, people trying to get me to donate to their fake charities. And you would not believe how many free or cheap vacations I've won. You win vacations? All the time. Woo! Um, but obviously, most of that is a load of shit. Oh. So um, I was even getting calls uh, on my cell phone uh, a few weeks ago from the IRS. Oh. Apparently, I owed them a large Wait, sum of money. Wait, I got those same phone calls. Yeah, but I could settle it easily if I just sent them $90 or whatever it was. I didn't even go that far. I just mm-hmm. got, um, oh, you know, we have a very serious matter with the IRS. You need to call us back. Yeah. But that was it. But they oh, didn't I, mention me by name. Yeah. They weren't like, hey, Chuck Smith. Yeah, I was looking around actually uh, doing the show, and apparently there's a phone number you're supposed to call. And report those? Yeah, from the IRS. You're supposed to call the IRS and tell them the phone number that, that called you. Way back, I was... Uh, I actually uh, applied for a job with the FBI. This was years and years ago. And uh, and I, whatever, was getting a lot of emails back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, and uh, I get one of those letters from the, you know, African prince or whatever. Yeah, the Nigerian and, prince. Or the Nigerian prince. So I'm like, oh. So I just forwarded to the FBI. And they're like, yeah, we don't care, dude. We get those all the time. We just throw that shit out. <laughs> we don't want to know. Uh-huh. They were like, we don't have time for that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's actually a point when I was depositing a, a fairly large check in mm-hmm. uh, in the bank, and they made a point to get the manager to ask me and make sure that the check came from somebody I knew. Oh. Because the way it works, the way that scam works, is they send you a check that you deposit, and then you send them a portion of the money back. Smart. So the check obviously takes a while because it's coming from Nigeria. You take money out of your account and send it to them, and then that check bounces. Oh, technical foul. Yeah, so it's basically uh, they're scamming you. You're not scamming the bank. You're not getting away with anything. Oh. They're they're taking money out of your account. I might have to call my bank after this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. All uh, right. So that's something to watch out yeah. for. Now, uh, so yeah, everybody knows about the phone calls. The you get a lot of these. Uh, what is it? The the blacktop guy, you know, knocking on your door. Yep. Oh, you know, We've I just did a job top. and I got extra blacktop. I was just at somebody's house yesterday, and he's like, "Yeah, that guy told me he had extra blacktop from a job." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yep, I've heard that before." Yep. We actually had a local guy who uh, went around with his oil truck. And would get people to prepay for oil. And he was in actual business, mm-hmm. had a storefront, and he would just take their money and nothing. Mm-hmm. And then they'd call and be like, yeah, you haven't delivered that oil yet. Mm-hmm. And he would just wouldn't answer the phone or whatever, leave a voicemail. And they called the uh, attorney general. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. The guy went out of business. We don't know what to tell you. Oh, wow. But he was a real, I mean, he registered as but a business. But he was like, oh, I'm going out of business. I might as well just... Whatever. So, I mean, there's always somebody, you know, you got to be sure. And a lot of it comes down to trust. Yeah. You know, you have to decide, do I like yeah. this guy? Do I get a good they feeling? They say the, uh, the best con men are all sociopaths. They don't, 
the, yeah. they don't have that switch in their brain between lying and telling the truth. So they don't have those, uh, you know, telltale signs. So it's hard to read, right? Shit. Yeah. You don't, uh, you know, and it's not, it's not like, uh, some slick, you know, 35 year old guy doing it. You know, sometimes it's old women. Sometimes it's kids working for people. Attractive women. Attractive women. Yep. Ooh. So, uh. Wait, now, some of us may be questioning our relationships of, you know, however many Yeah, not years. all the prostitutes are out on the street, man. Oh, my goodness. But, um, yeah, they say the best con is one that the person doesn't even know they're a con. That sounds right they to me. It's hard to convict a, a criminal when nobody knows that a crime's been committed. They say something uh, uh, approximately 7% of, of uh, con artist uh, crimes are reported. Seventy seven percent. Oh, seven. Yeah. I was gonna say seventy. Actually, sounds <laughs> high to me. Um, no, wow. That's well, actually. I have one later. We're gonna get into, and the guy just, you know, too embarrassed. Didn't want to ruin his good name, you know. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, let's uh, let me take some here. Well, let's. Uh, I'll start with one here. All right. What do you got? Uh, gullible grandparent. Now we actually touched on this a little bit in the kidnapping issue. Oh yeah. Uh, this is this is basically what what you would do is you would contact an elderly person. Okay. Uh, tell them that their grandson or granddaughter, whoever it is, you know, obviously they're gonna find out who it is beforehand, so it's, it seems mm-hmm. reasonable. But apparently, just been arrested. Oh. And they need to get some bail money together. Okay. So they need a wire transfer or a money order to get them out of trouble. Now, wire transfers and money orders are infamous for not being you're not never going to get that money back oh. once it's transferred it's gone it's gone huh all right um yeah i actually uh i heard uh i don't know one of these radio shows they were talking about a big con where they would uh they would they would call parents who have you know kids away at college that kind of stuff and you know like that and they would call them up on the cell phone you know you call mom and you're what you know they would actually it was weird because this con was uh was done by people who were in another country mm-hmm. and they were calling somebody stateside mm-hmm. and they would call like a lady and she'd her cell phone would ring and she'd pick it up and they'd be like oh you know what we kidnapped your daughter how much you know you're gonna have to pay us a ransom if you want to get her back mm-hmm. we know she goes to whatever college because I'm sure they got it all off Facebook, and right. they can, oh, you know, she's wearing that, you know, whatever sweatshirt, because they saw her in 40 pictures in mm-hmm. it, in, in Facebook, and, and you know, we, we got her friend Cassie, too, and, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing, and then, oh, so we got her with us, how much money do you have in the bank, what's your daughter's life worth? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, oh, well, the most I could get is $2,000 or mm-hmm. $10,000 or, you know, whatever. Maybe it's $800. Right. Well, you need to drive to the bank right now with me on the phone and I'm watching you. And I know if you, you know, stop and call somebody else and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'll actually have like, you know, they'll use like Google Earth and they'll check out. All right, she's going to her bank that's wherever on whatever corner, and then they'll be like, all right, you're driving by this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see that, you know, you're pulling up to, you know, whatever, and they can kind of feel it out. No, you don't have the current landmarks, but you can make people suspicious enough. 
mm-hmm. and they're not going to take a chance when their kid's life's on the line. Right. And, you know, and they just kind of play it out. And a lot of them actually were tracking their cell phone and knew their location, you know, where they mm-hmm. were. Um, you know, again, it's all your hacker software, you know, stuff they got from Vault 7, you know. Right. Um, so they would track her and then guilt her into, you know, wiring the money to somebody while she's on the phone. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, it got caught by, uh, you know, one of the ladies just went to the police station and was smart enough and, mm-hmm. you know, hung up or had a second phone and called her daughter. And her daughter's like, no, I'm in class. What are you talking about? You know. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. If you're not there, you don't know. How do you react to something like that? Right. So there's always something that, you know, always a hustle out there. And there's some sick people in this world. Mm-hmm. But what else? Um, or is it my turn? It's still your turn. Go ahead. It's still my turn? Yep. All right. So I figured we'd start out with maybe some of the, the street cons. You know, I was talking about you go on vacation and people come up to you. Sure. And they're like, hey, um, you know, I could tell you where you got those shoes. I could tell you exactly where you bought them. If, uh, or no, I guess that's not it. I can tell you exactly where you got them. If, uh, you know, you, uh, you, you bet me, whatever. And sometimes they don't even bet. They just say, I can tell you. And then you're like, all right, go ahead. And then, oh, you got them on canal street here in new orleans and blah 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 because see there they are right now mm-hmm. you got them there and then you're like yeah but then when it's a 400 pound six five guy you really don't have much to say when he's like you got to give me 10 bucks mm-hmm. 10 bucks because i, I just told bet. you i won the bet and you're kind of like uh yeah and th- those are the kind of things where you're like ooh, maybe i should just move along Mm-hmm. And be like, dude, I don't know. I don't have time for mm-hmm. you. Gotta go. You know, you gotta act like you know what's going on, right? Or you might be the mark. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how it is. There's a an old old con back in the day called the pig in a poke. Mm-hmm. And what it was, they would be like, oh, you know, I got a pig, and they'd have it in the bag and be moving around, and you know, he's kind of fidgety. You might want to take it and get it out of here. People get it home and they find out there's a cat in there. Mm-hmm. So they paid money and they're not going to have dinner after all. Unless um, you're Chinese. Now, there's a new version of this con that I'm sure you've all seen and, and probably get where, you know, a guy standing on the street and he's like, hey, look, I have these iPads. I can't tell you where I got them, mm-hmm. but I got a bunch of them and they're nice and they work. And you hold it in your hand, you look at it, turn it on, connect to the interwebs, whatever. He's like, I got a bunch of them in the brand new boxes. You look at it, puts it back in the box, does a little sleight of hand, hands you a box, weighs about the same, seems right. You give them the money. Sometimes they're like, oh, the cops are coming. You better run. Mm -hmm. You take off. He takes off. And then you open up your iPad and you got some newspaper in there or, you know, an old book or whatever. Um, People go for this. And, you know, you might pay 75 bucks for a used iPad. They cost, I don't know what they cost, 600 mm-hmm. bucks for a new iPad? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. But, I mean, so that that's the kind of thing you want to watch out for. It's one of mm-hmm. these, if it seems too good to be true, it might just be. Right. You know? Um, they have fake parking attendants. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, you go to a concert, 
There's all these like overflow lots and just people standing there. Give me 10 bucks, mm -hmm. you know, whatever there, there's yeah, these things happen, you know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. And they even sometimes come out with the big wood sign that says park here, $10, set it up. Cause cops don't know what's going on. They don't know what's set up where. And mm -hmm. sometimes they do. And sometimes, you know, the cops will come get the con man, but you got to make sure you're not the mark. It's your responsibility to look out for yourself. Right. Right. I remember a uh, story about uh, the London Zoo. All right. When Tell they, me about the London Zoo. They opened up. Um, uh, there was a. The city built the uh, built the parking lot there, and um, guy came out right before they opened and set up a uh, set up a little booth there. We would collect the parking you know parking money. And uh, collected uh, collected parking fees for about twenty years, and then one day now, didn't twenty show years up to work. is a pretty good commitment. Yeah, one day uh, didn't show up to work, and the the zoo called the city, asking them to uh, send out a new guy, and they're like, uh, "What are you talking about?" And it turns out the guy had just been there collecting five dollars from every guard that came past, and you uh, retired. That's pretty slick, you know. That's yeah. that's uh. Some serious amount of coin if uh, five mm -hmm. or ten bucks to park at the zoo and right, you know, you you get there. You know, they say everyone is thinks they're smart until you fall for the scam. Mm -hmm. And then you know, it's kind of like you said, you know, seven people were seven percent report. Yeah, and that's it's embarrassing. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, I got took. Yeah, you know. Um, well, what it's, about it's really a numbers game with a lot of the scams. Uh, one of the ones I was looking at was um, uh, somebody was uh, printing up fake um, uh, fake dry cleaning slips, okay, dry cleaning bills, and they would send the bill out to all the restaurants in the area with um, with a you know a note attached saying that somebody's expensive suit had been ruined by a clumsy waiter, and uh, you know you charge them twenty five dollars for the bill to clean it. And most people would just throw that in the garbage. But, you know, maybe 10 or 15 people, you know, 10 or 15% of the people would say, yeah, $15 or, you know, $100, what's that? Whatever. And just send it out. And yeah. since it was such a, a low amount of money, a lot of people didn't even think twice about it and just, you know, stuck the money in the envelope and sent it back to a drop box, you know, P.O. box. And, uh, you know, that's it. Nice. Well, that's, there's a... Uh... You know, on the internet. I mean, you know, the internet's full of scams, right? Mm -hmm. So, you have people, uh, oh, you know, do the Forex trading or the online casinos or the different things. Now, don't get me wrong. There's legitimate online casinos and gambling in New uh -huh. Jersey, different places. It's legal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I'm not trying to lump everything together. But you'll have, all right, we'll give you... Um, $500. If you deposit $500, we'll give you $500 credit, whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's completely legitimate and whatever, it can work out. But other times, and I actually had this happen to a friend of mine in the Navy, and what it was was they wanted, you had to bet the full amount that they gave you like 25 times before they would, oh. you know, you could withdraw. Uh-huh. And... So the thing was, he would deposit his own money, and you're thinking, oh, well, I have a thousand bucks in there. I only put in 500. I'm ahead of the game. But anytime he went to withdraw it, he couldn't even get his 500 out because 
you know, he hadn't rolled it over enough times. And a lot of times when he would get close to the point, they would offer him other bonuses. Oh, but now if you give 500, we'll give you a thousand. And he would get, and you would just kind of get sucked in and you can never get your money out until you're just rolling and rolling. And eventually you're going to lose because, you know, when you play a lot of those games, you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to quit when I win, you know, and then go out. But if you got to keep rolling it, it doesn't always work that way. And eventually, you know, what is it they say? The house always wins. Mm-hmm. So over time, that definitely is a possibility. Um, I was also thinking, uh, so that's it for Street Hustles. We're good? Yep. All right. Um, I actually read that book, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a movie. It's kind of almost borderline disturbing and had some weirdness about it, but whatever. But uh, in the book, one of the cons that the guy did in, in the beginning was he worked for a uh, big brokerage firm. I'm pretty sure this is The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you'll have to read the book. I don't know. But he ends up getting fired. And so he goes and he grabs a bunch of, uh, he t- he has he actually is a salesman and goes out and, and goes door to door and has a bunch of uh, like, you know, high end clients that are, you know, investing a hundred grand, 200 grand, that kind of stuff with them. So he takes a bunch of the uh, stock purchase applications mm-hmm. and he takes them. And he goes and he goes door to door to all these clients and he gets them all to give him a check for, you know, 100 grand, 80 grand, whatever they'll do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, and we'll put those stock certificates in your account. Give some a receipt from the company letterhead mm-hmm. and takes the 100 grand and he's good to go. Mm-hmm. And he did it over and over again and just kept stealing from people. And it was years. Like you said, people don't even know they've been conned because yeah. you just hold. Right. You know, stuff. You know, if, if you just bought the stock, you're, you're not buying a hundred grand a stock. You're probably not. You know, he's not selling stuff that. Oh, it's going to bounce tomorrow. This is your, mm-hmm. you know, long term play. Right. And ended up. You know, it was years before people even came forward and were like, oh, and you know, like I said, a lot of people don't even want to admit they got hustled when they realize it. Right. Right. Do you remember those uh, extend pills? They were uh, selling uh, the penis enlargement pills sure. for a long time. So when your penis doesn't get bigger? Well, it turns out that uh, there's no such thing as a pill that makes your dick bigger. I'm just going to put that out there so everybody knows there's no pill that makes your penis larger. It just doesn't happen. Oh. I but, was saving up. I was going to get... <laughs> all right. But there was, uh, what they were doing was they were taking these orders. They'd give you a free bottle, all but right. you had to give them the credit card information. But then they would charge you for the free bottle. Okay. Well, they say, but then they said they couldn't refund you, but they could send you another bottle. That's smart. So then they would take that seventy dollars and they would, uh, they would invest it, in, or they would uh, separate it as as ten or fifteen different sales. So when you complain about it to say Visa or um, uh, the Better Business Bureau, you get or one anything knocked like that. off, two knocked right, off, right? But it still wouldn't hit the uh, the the point where they would say, "Oh, this is an issue." We have to stop, you know, denying, start denying sales to this company. Wow. So they did that for years and years and got tons of people's See, money. Tons of small dick men out there. And there's, there's a lot of things. Like some people wouldn't consider this an outright scam. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's a lot of things where you sign up for one product and then 
you know, next month they send you another one and bill you $79 again. Right. And then the next month, $79. And some people just let it go. But a lot of people at least lose the first month. Right. You know, or you say, you see all these, uh, you know, join my uh, my awesome club for a dollar. We'll give you the first month. Or even better hustle, we'll give you the first six month free. Right. And it's a $599 a year value. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you oh, six months value. free. Wow. You just got to put that dollar. Mm-hmm. Give me a dollar. I'm going to give you that kind of value. They give you the dollar. Bam. All of a sudden, you get a $599 bill on your credit card. Well, right. you didn't cancel it. Mm-hmm. And, and if that you look at the end of those things, down. it's not really easy to cancel. And I mean, maybe, but the, the worst thing is, is when it's a $49.99 value, because you might, a lot of people get a $49.99 charge on their credit card. They don't even notice or know or care. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, yeah, $49, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I probably, I don't even recognize that name. That could have been a gas station. Right. I don't, I don't know. Could have been my wife. Could have been Could have been my wife, you know, whatever. So any of these things, in a way, you're getting hustled. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. And, and you'll see a lot of the, um, a lot of the situations with that involves uh, things like uh, penis pills or um, dating sites. Well, or it's things, hard to complain about the penis where, pills. Where people are I mean, are what am I going to say when they're like, oh, you know, Chuck, you can't get it up anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, give me the pills. And I take the pills. And I'm oh. like, oh, I'm the one guy who still can't get it up. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, there are penis pills that make your, your penis work. Oh, oh those are They're just those not are ones okay. that make them bigger. Oh, well, you'll give me some information after the show? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk okay. later. Okay. Yeah. We're getting caught up. All right. But a, a lot of the cons, though, involve those sorts of things, things where people are embarrassed about them and yeah. don't want don't to deal with it. You know, a lot of... Um, those are the best cons. Uh, like sex toy stuff. They're sex toys where they, they uh, will take these orders... And just not send it? And then just not send it. And what are you going to do? You're not going to go to the police and be like, yeah, I was trying to... To get this uh, such and such and... The butt buzzer? The butt buzzer or... I mean, I'm sure there's a hundred things out there that nobody wants to How talk about. How we don't have the good wanting. names of the uh, sex toys? I don't know. I should, don't I should have like a list of these things, right? <laughs> you would think, right? Well, so speaking of the butt buzzer, mm-hmm. I also had a list of bar bets. Okay. And that kind of thing. All right. So the reason you're like, well, what does that have to do with the butt buzzer? Well, the first one is a hustle called the swallow. The swallow. The swallow. So the way this works is you and me, we're sitting at the bar. And I'm like, you know what, man? Watch this. And and I take out a match. And I light it. And I hold it. And I let it go, like, burn all the way down to my fingertips. And mm-hmm. hold it for kind of a long time where you're like, ooh, that's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. And I most people wouldn't do that. And I say, you know what? I bet you for the next 30 seconds, whatever I do, you can't imitate and be as cool as me and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I bet you 50 bucks you can't keep up with me. And you're like, I'm a badass. What are you talking about? Of course yeah. I can. Burn my fingertips for 50 bucks. I can do that. So I might do something like that. I say, all right. I take a shot and I take the shot and put it in my mouth. And I start to, you know, drink it down and 
you'd pick up your shot and drink it down. You're like, just as manly as you. I didn't swallow it. And I spit mine back in the glass. Mm -hmm. You can't keep up, man. You can't keep up. And so the problem was after the guy uh, does this hustle a couple of times, word gets around and people are like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not going to swallow it and I'm going to keep up with you. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy kind of caught on to this and was like, you know, you can't hustle a hustler. So what he was doing is he would spit half of it back in the glass and wait for the guy and then be like, oh, yeah, and spit the other half a second time. <laughs> and, you know, so little things like that. It's just, you know, and, and if you don't mind losing 10 or 15 bucks to something, you know, funny and entertaining. Because you might learn fine, a but, trick and be able right. to talk about it in your podcast, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years later. All kinds of things I saw in the Navy. You wouldn't uh, believe what people can do yeah, out there. I knew a guy that had a rooster uh, tattooed on its calf. Yeah. And was always betting people that his, uh, he didn't have a cock below his knee. And he did? He did. There it was. Who knew? Um, Yeah. I, there was a guy, uh, a British guy, on a British ship. We were all hanging out, drinking in the bar. Turns out they have bars on British ships. British Navy ships. Oh, and shit. I was a little <laughs> jealous. <laughs> Joined the wrong country. <laughs> exactly. So, guy's like, I can drink this beer with my dick. And he's really drunk. And you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And so, got like 20 people to bet him 10 bucks each. Sure enough, drops his pants, takes a straw out, puts it through the piercing in his man parts, and drinks that drinks beer down. His, his, all right. And, well, really, what do you say to that? You know, <laughs> you, you're just kind of like, all right, problem solved, you know? Um, there's one, um, there's an old trick, uh, like they call it the coin in the glass. And so you're sitting at the bar and you're fumbling around. So you have like the bar glass, put a coaster on top. And if you're slick, you could take a cigarette, set it on the coaster, and set a coin, like a quarter, and balance it on top of the the cigarette. Mm -hmm. And if you're a little drunk and can't balance a quarter on a cigarette, then you could try like rolling up a dollar bill, makes it a little fatter, a little sturdier. Whatever works for you depends on your skill level here. Mm -hmm. All right? You take the guy next to you, and he's like, what are you doing? You say, hey. I bet you 20 bucks I can get that quarter in the glass without touching anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's impossible. There's no way. 20 bucks. I got to see that. Lean down a little bit. Blow up on the uh, blow on the uh, uh, coaster. Coaster. Coaster flips up. Uh, the coin will hang for a second, drop right in the glass. Mm-hmm. Give it a try. See if I'm not right. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, there's my point is not that you should go out and try this hustle. My point is there are a lot of things that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. And it's thinking outside the box. And that's what we're trying to do here is to get you guys to think, hey, you know, this might be coming from another angle that I'm not seeing. Because you're using logic and reason. And they're outside that world, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's another one. Guy takes, you know, the match and holds it. Burns down to his fingers. Burns his fingers. Ow. If you're holding the match upside down, you really can only get about five seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's going to start to burn you. Right. 
guy says, oh, you know, or I guess the way the hustle works is you keep holding the match upside down and it burns you and you put it out, get another one. Finally, you're going to get some sucker who's going to go, hey, what are you doing? And you're like, well, it's funny you should ask because I read that you could hold a match upside down, let it burn for 45 seconds and not burn your fingers Mm -hmm. if you were really, you know, skilled. And the guy's like, oh, that's ridiculous because he just watched you burn yourself, you know, a bunch of times. There's no way. Oh, you want to bet on it? Yeah, well, sure. I'll I'll give you 20 bucks. I got to see that. So if you hold a match upside down and move it slowly back and forth, right and left, Mm -hmm. the flame will go to the side as it goes and you can burn it for a full minute before it's going to burn you. All right. Con. 20 bucks in my pocket. What am I up? Like a hundred bucks this episode? Yeah, you're, you're already raking I'm it I'm already raking it You need to start in. going after so, the bar. It's another trick. Bar, like take an egg. Say, hey, I can balance this on its end. And what they used to do is a lot of times they would put a little salt on the table. They'd set the egg in there. And then when they go to lift it up, they kind of brush away the salt. But the thing is, people caught on to this. And it's not really that clever of a con. But, so you make the bet. You're like, yeah, I can. I bet I can uh, balance this egg on its end. And you can't. So, well, all right, I'll take that bet. But you can't use any salt on the counter. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, fuck, now I'm up shit creek. Well, no, because I'm a con man and I'm smarter than you. So a con man is going to take that egg and shake it really hard. If you break the yolk, the yolk will settle down to the bottom and you'll be able to balance that egg on its Ooh. end and it'll still work. See? Lesson learned from a con man. Mm-hmm. See? I'm, I'm looking out for you guys. These yeah. are the little tricks. Now, I had a, a friend of mine named Willie. Slick Willie. Well, he, he, wasn't that slick. he wasn't that slick. All right. He's kind of a shitbag. Oh, that hurts. Uh, Willie was was a stick-up artist. He used to stick up liquor stores in uh, Alaska. Yeah, that sounds right. He wouldn't rob the liquor store register. He'd rob the liquor store. He'd pull a pickup truck in the back and load all the bottles up while somebody held the the shopkeeper at gunpoint. That sounds like you're getting a way better score that way. And then he would go to parties and sell the bottles for $5 a piece. Well, they caught on to this. They were after him. So I met him. When I met him, he was in Florida. And he was at a party, and he happened to have five dollar liquor. No, he didn't have anything. Okay. But he was telling me about uh, he was in New York City and was uh, outside of the airport, and um, he said a guy came up to him. Uh, was obviously a foreign guy, looked like he was from the Middle East, and uh, said that he needed to get to Grand Central Station. And would he take him? Well, he said no. I got other things to do. And he goes, "I'll give you a thousand dollars," and pulls out a wad of money and gives it to him. And he goes, just just take me to the you know Grand Central Station. And he said, all right, I can do that. And a uh, guy says, all right, just wait a minute. I have to go get my wife. I'll be right back. And the guy started walking away and said, wait a minute. Are you gonna? You're not gonna run off with my money, are you? No, man, I'm not gonna run off with your money. So he's like, all right, just give me your watch, so I know you're not gonna run off. So I gave him the watch. Guy goes in the in the airport. Willie takes off. Gets down around the corner pulls that money out and it's newspaper with a 20 on the outside and he just lost a hundred dollar watch sounds right 
Yeah. Willie yeah. Willie was kind of a, a dumbass. Well, you know, like I said, we're all smart until we get played, you mm-hmm. know? So the weird thing is when I went to do some research for this episode, I typed in con man and I'm, I'm looking up different things and, and, you know, whatever. So this one guy's name just kept coming up. His name is uh, Victor Lusig. And this guy's pretty slick. Now, he's supposed to be Hungarian. Um, I actually, I I saw a bunch of conflicting information. Mm -hmm. One, his name was Robert Miller, and then he changed it because that was one of his his aliases. Uh But other ones, he was born that way, um, ran away at 13 because his dad wanted him to learn classical violin and he was like screw that i'm gonna go live in a whorehouse in france uh-huh. then he went home and his dad smashed the violin over his head and he was like screw you old man and you know out on his own so i don't know exactly how he got there but i do know that this guy sold the eiffel tower two times not one two times you're a badass mm. so Here's how it plays out. Somewhere in the 1930s, 1929, the Eiffel Tower is getting rusty, getting run down, looks like crap. Nobody wants to pay any taxes to fix it. They're like, you know what? We might just have to get rid of this thing or move it somewhere else because it's really not working out for our city. So he's like, hey, you know, this looks like some kind of opportunity here. I might want to take advantage of this. So he goes and gets some letterhead, types it up, you know, that he's a representative of the city. He calls all the local scrap metal guys. And he's like, look, you know, we don't want the public to know. We got to keep this hush hush. We don't want to upset people and have protests and all kinds of nonsense. But this is really a burden on our city. And we're going to have to make some kind of deal to get rid of this thing. And we're wondering, would you guys be able to scrap it? And what would you be willing to pay us for, you know, the opportunity to take it away and do it? So they all talk and they talk about numbers and different stuff. And and this guy, uh, Victor's like, well, you know, all right, I'll think it over. I'll talk to, you know, the board, town board, and we'll get together and, and we'll give you guys a call. So he decides who the best mark is. He calls this guy up and he's like, look, man. And this guy's a foreigner. He's not not a Frenchman. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, but he's a well-to-do businessman, you know? And he's like, look, man. He goes, I think you're the right guy, but, you know, I'm a low-level uh, government employee, and, you know, I need a little something to sweeten this deal for it to be you. And the guy's like, well, what if I threw in 20 grand for you, and then I'll give you 50 grand for the scrap metal? Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, you know, and later it comes out that this guy's like, oh, I believed he was legitimate because he tried to bribe me. Mm. So that's how, you know, somebody's a real government official, you know? So, all right. So he takes the 70 grand, hightails it out of there, goes to Austria and he keeps reading the papers from Paris and there's nothing, nothing about the con. Mm hmm. And apparently the guy was too embarrassed and didn't want to come forward and, you know, ruin his name that he got hustled. Mm -hmm. So he's like, screw it. Called the next guy on the list, goes back down, gets another 50 grand, 
and went for round two. At that point, the police were notified, mm -hmm. but he was high, you know, hightailed it out of there and was gone. Now this guy is known for a lot of a lot of hustles, and I actually probably should have started with this other one. He's known for making the money box. Now this is a slick move here. Now what he did is he went and got a hundred sequential hundred dollar bills. All right, and he went and he spent his time and he etched off all the serial numbers, but the last four or last two digits, I guess, mm -hmm. and then redid them so they were all the same serial number, all mm -hmm. 100. And he then went to a uh, local carpenter, had him make a box that was like two foot by nine inches, mm -hmm. and he had him put like three dials on the top, and then he rigged it up inside so that there was a hand crank that would feed out $100 bills. Mm-hmm. And there was a slot on the one side and you would put in a piece of paper and then through a magic chemical process, it would basically, the acid would eat through and, and engrave it mm -hmm. and it would become a hundred dollar bill. And sure enough, one of those hundred dollar bills had come out the other side. Now, the genius part about this is because of the acid process, you have to wait six hours from when you put the paper in mm -hmm. before you crank it out. So sure enough, he'll take it. And he actually was making a, a little living hustling, riding uh, cruise ships. Mm -hmm. And so he would go back and forth on the cruise ships and he would talk it up with all the high rollers and tell them about his money machine, take mm -hmm. them back to his room, say, Hey, watch this crank out a hundred dollar bill. And, once he really started to master the con, he would actually have him take it to the ship's bank and verify, yeah, this is a good $100 bill, no problem, it's real. Because, mm -hmm. of course, it was real. He put it in there, you know? Mm -hmm. And he would do it two or three times, but you got to wait six hours. Mm -hmm. So, all right, so he'd preload them with, and this guy was really cheap, so a lot of times he'd even just preload it with one, mm -hmm. you know? And he would sell these boxes from anywhere from $10,000 to $100,000. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where the con gets cool. All the time, people would come back to him and say, you know what, dude? I didn't wait the six hours. I rushed it. <laughs> and now it doesn't work. It doesn't spit out new $100 bills anymore. Mm -hmm. Can you sell me another one? He'd be like, you know what? I could do that. I could do that. Another guy... Does three, and then the fourth one, it doesn't come out, so he pulls it apart and tries to fix it himself. Mm. You know what? He must have broke it. Yeah. Because it's really delicate. It's I mean, this a delicate is piece of equipment. a serious piece of equipment, so he needed to purchase a second one as well, mm. you know, because that's how the game is played. This guy's pretty slick. Now, he got arrested 37 times and got away. Every single time they were like, you know, yeah, we're just going to let you go. Finally, um, and now they said that he, he carried $50,000 sewn into his suit jacket mm -hmm. all the time. That may have had something to do with him getting out. I'm not sure, but I mean, that might have influenced people a little bit, but uh, he was pretty slick. Um, let me think. He... Uh, uh, I got some other notes here. 
Um, so he eventually gets arrested by uh, for counterfeiting. Mm-hmm. That was he made up some plates, hooked up with a guy, starts counterfeiting, ends up counterfeiting something like a hundred thousand dollars a month for four years, mm-hmm. and finally the uh, Secret Service catch up with him, and they're like, "Hey, man, you know we, we got you dead rights. You're going to jail." And he's like, "You know what? I know all these counterfeiters, and I will tell you all about them if you just let me go." And they were like, you know what? That sounds like a good deal. We're going to let you go. So they let him go again. And then he finds this sheriff who uh, comes after him and is like, hey, man, you know, you're one of our local residents says you sold him uh, $50,000 worth of uh, government bonds. And it turns out they're all fake. They're all counterfeit. And he's like, yeah. Um, all right. So the guy arrests him, puts him in jail. He's in there overnight, starts talking to the sheriff and he's like, you stole 20 grand from the town treasury and you got to pay that back. Well, I could hook you up. I'm going to give you 20 grand. Mm-hmm. So he gives him 20 grand in counterfeit money. Cause I mean, yeah. come on. But sure enough, the sheriff ends up getting caught with the counterfeit money. He gets arrested a second time. Well, for a counterfeiting, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's been arrested several other times. So, needless to say, he goes, and this sheriff's pissed that, you know, he got conned. So he tells them everything. They go, they get this guy, they put him in prison. He takes bed sheets, ties them all together, climbs out the window. No, that's actually happened before. I thought that was just something from cartoons. He's the man. Nope. Cuts through the wire mesh on the window, throws the sheets out there, starts climbing down, and the guards see him. And they're like, hey, you can't be climbing out the window on those sheets. And he's like, whoa, friend, I'm washing the windows. And they're like, oh, washing (laughs) the windows. All right. That that makes sense because they were looking a little dusty. Well, you better do a good job. Mm -hmm. And then sure enough, gets down to the bottom. And then bolts off. I believe the exact quote from the guards was, he took off like a deer. Mm. All right. There was nothing they could do. Have you ever tried to catch a deer? (laughs) You can't just run after a deer. That's ridiculous. But he does get caught, spends 15 years in prison, you know, dies there. Some kind of maybe spider bite on his head. I don't know. Could be. Whatever. Who knows? Woke up with a big bump. But that's the bottom line. So I know I got a little detail on the one guy, but the idea is people can be coming from anywhere and you got to be protecting yourself. You got to look at what, you know, what's really going on. What, ask yourself, what do people have to gain, you know, from me? And obviously separating you from your money is most of the time what yeah. they have to gain. That's uh, that's not just common. Pretty much everybody's trying to separate, separate you, from your, you money. from your money. And you just got to learn how to protect yourself. So, you know, hey, so at the Prepping Badass Podcast, we want to look out for you. Give a little back. So we're going to take one lucky uh, listener and we're going to hook him up with the Sog Jungle Primitive. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to. uh, Now, there's probably something in it for me. I'm not going to tell you what that is, but I'm just saying I'm going to send you some kind of cool knife. 
I'm going to pay for the shipping. I'm going to hook you up. I won't need to require any of your credit card information. And I think we can work that out for you. But you want to get in the running, you do have to go on our Facebook page. This is where I get mine. You're going to like our page. And you're going to shoot me a message that says, uh, bad ass. Put that in there. And we'll put you in the list. And me and Kevin will go through it and come up with a winner on uh, June somewhere, whatever. Listen to the other episodes, we'll tell you. But basically, the first episode that comes out in June, we'll announce the winner. So with that, you should be checking out our Facebook page, liking it, even if you don't send us the word badass. Mm -hmm. You uh, might want to head over to Patreon. I don't know if you guys know this, but... We have a Patreon page set up, and if you're enjoying what you're listening here, feel like you want to give back a little bit, you know, I feel like I'm conning Kevin and Chuck by not giving just a little bit more. You know, maybe that's what you're thinking. Maybe you feel like, hey, I'm a team player. I want to help, you know, support these guys, keep the uh, survival and basic badass podcast on the air. Maybe Patreon's the way to do it. Just putting that out there. That's right. Contact us. uh... Um, You guys ever want to say anything to us? You know, tell me that I whine too much. Um, I know one of you has a little concern about how much I used to yawn on the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you have concerns like that, you want to shoot us an email at preppingbadass at gmail.com. We appreciate the feedback. We uh, enjoy and read each email that we get. Yeah. And uh, we got a bridge to sell you. We might have a bridge. Also, uh, this week, uh, tomorrow, we're going to put out another uh, bonus episode on the greatest scam that's happened in the past 20 years. Bonus episode. So this is a nice long one. Then a bonus episode. Sounds like a banner week. You might want to, you know, think about who takes care of you. So with that, stay safe, and we will talk to you guys next week. (laughs) 